Well, with us from his secluded beach on a small island in the South Pacific, uh, we caught him in between going out and checking out the waves is the retired Bill Brown. He's tan, he's rested, he's got his Mai Tai in his hand. Hey, great to talk with you, Bill. You're enjoying re- the first few weeks of retirement. <laughs> yeah, Robert, uh, all those things sound great, but that hasn't happened yet. Maybe some years down the road, who knows? You're, you're becoming the Hemingway now. You've decided to, after the retirement, you're just going to start writing books and, and uh, enjoying the beach. And maybe maybe you can go to the Florida and, and start doing that. I'll tell you what, writing books is not easy. So this is probably it for that. But I, I hope people enjoy it because I just thought that Jose Altuve deserved an awful lot of credit for what he's done, not only in 2016, but through his whole career. Of course, we're talking about your new book, Breathing Orange Fire, Jose Altuve, you chronicle a lot of the 2016 season, this past season, along with talking a little bit about Jose Altuve. And I want to ask you about Altuve. You've been covering baseball for over 40 years, and he's got to be one of the more unique guys that you've covered. And the, the one guy that maybe I can sort of compare him to from all the people that you've saw over your career is maybe Joe Morgan. Right. And I did think about Joe quite a bit, Robert, um, because... Joe was 5'7", um, just just a dynamic player. As a second baseman, of course, he won gold gloves. He was very good. He did not have a strong arm, and he was paired with Dave Concepcion when he got to Cincinnati, who did have a strong arm. So that kind of masked the, uh, the weakness in Morgan's arm, and they were able to work together on plays up the middle. But Altuve has a, has a better arm than Morgan. I don't think he has uh, – well, I don't know. He probably has has range that's somewhat similar to Joe's, but um, defensively, you know, he's he's a Gold Glove caliber player. Didn't win that award this past year, but nonetheless, um, offensively, so dynamic. And and Morgan, being a left-handed hitter, just fit so well into that big red machine lineup. And uh, you know, there are certain advantages that left-handed hitters have, but. Altuve is a player unlike any I can think of, and I, I went back through and looked at all the the players, you know, his size and what comparable um, Hall of Fame path second basemen have done to this age of their career. You know, he's he's got more hits than Pete Rose, et cetera. Very, very impressive. And not only that, but just the way he goes about his craft and wants to do what's necessary to win is so impressive about him. You were telling a story. Uh, I just got a, got a chance to hear a little bit about the book when you were talking at the Sabre meeting, and you told a story about what a really good guy he was. You, you had talked to Bart Ennis, and he told you a story just uh, within the last week or two about what Jose Altuve did after a real frustrating moment in one of the games this past season. Yeah, he had a game against the Angels in which uh, first base was open, and the Astros were down by a run, and the Angels chose not to walk him. They pitched to him. He hit a fly ball to right field. After the game, Bart wanted to interview him for Root Sports, and there was a writer who was also waiting to interview him. And um, Altuve was asked if he wanted to be interviewed, and he said he did. But he gave very terse answers, unlike Jose Altuve. But he did answer the question. And then the next day, he made it a point to look up both the guys who interviewed him and apologize to them for not giving them better answers. I think that speaks to the caliber of the individual. One of the stories I love that you told in the book was former Astros director of player personnel that told you that something about Altuve, about how he came over from the big league camp to where the minor league guys were working out. Do you remember the story that you relayed in the book? Yes, it was about 10.30 in the morning in spring training, and he came over in the minor league section of spring training on one of the backfields, and uh, (laughs) 
Paul Ricciarini, the guy you're talking about, said, well, what are you doing over here? And Altuve kind of smiled. He said, I came over to check on my boys. So he was coming over every day, unbeknownst to any of the rest of us, to see how the uh, Latin players were doing and whether they were doing the drills the proper way and uh, putting the proper amount of work into them, which he said he had never seen before. And, and these are the kinds of things you learn when, fortunately, you start writing about somebody and, and talk to more and more people who know him that you wouldn't have uh, found out otherwise. One of the things about uh, the Astros organization, Bill, and I, I'm going to get your opinion on this because we mentioned this a couple of times in our show, that uh, the second baseman may be comparable or better than any group of second basemen on any team in Major League Baseball when you look at in total, who you've seen, Jose Altuve, Craig Biggio. These guys are, you know, Biggio's in the Hall of Fame already. Altuve might be in the Hall of Fame one day. You start going down the lift, Jeff Kent might be in the Hall of Fame one day. Joe Morgan is in the Hall of Fame. Billy Doran wasn't bad. Yes. There was a guy in the 60s. You want to remind people who played for the Astros in the 60s who was a Hall of Famer, didn't have a great career with the Astros. It was towards the end of back end of his career, but there was another one, right, from the 1960s. Oh, Nellie Fox is the one you're talking about. Yeah, Nellie about. Fox, that's Nellie right. Nellie Fox, sure. Yeah, he was at the end of his career here. And uh, Hall of Fame second baseman, you're right. Uh, he became a player coach and, and, in fact, was instrumental in um, working with Joe Morgan uh, at the point that Joe came to the big leagues. So I, I think that is a, an interesting point you're making. One that I really hadn't thought about, but yeah, what a great tradition of second baseman. Let me ask you about the, the book in general, because you, you also made a kind of diary about the season. What was the moment for you that really stuck out from the past season? I mean, this is your last season, so there had to be a lot of moments that stuck out for you personally. Was there something big picture with the Astros that kind of stuck out for you as maybe the nicest or maybe most memorable moment from 2016? Well, I don't know. I don't think it was one game, Robert, or anything on that level. But but after going 7-17 and 17 in April, very few teams have done that and uh, gone on to become a playoff team. They didn't do that, but they gave it a run to the final week of the season. So I think just the way that they refused to panic, that they continued to play hard, and that they um, really showed outstanding effort. And that, I think, is what's going to serve this team well in the future, putting forth that effort. And I think the players they've obtained so far this winter fit right into that category, the Josh Reddicks, the uh, Brian McCanns, and those guys, I think, are going to fall right into line with the work ethic that this team has. Are you upset that Jeff Luno and Jeff Luno and Jim Crane did not consult you before uh, you retired to say, "Hey, we're going to up the payroll a bunch, and we're going to get a, a lineup that can run out about nine guys that can hit twenty home runs or more this year." This coming yeah, year. I'm upset. I want to change my mind now, but uh, no, whoever's in that chair is going to have one heck of a time. Not only this next year, but. I think for the next few years to come, I think this team is very well positioned for the future. What about the, the pitching? That, that would probably be the concern for a lot of people going into this season. But it was interesting recently, Dallas Keuchel just uh, said that, you know, he was injured this year. It wasn't necessarily a dead arm from, it could have been, but it wasn't necessarily the dead arm from the Cy Young and all the, all the innings the previous year. It wasn't because he became a bad pitcher all of a sudden, but, but he was injured. And then you have... Lance McCullers, who's coming off the injury, but he says, you know, he's going to be back and he feels good already and he's ready to go. So those two guys, we, we, we kind of forget about them because we didn't see a whole lot of them this past year. 
But the pitching might be a little bit of concern. But those two guys, the odds are pretty good that, that Dallas Keuchel is, is going to be a good pitcher again, and he, he's going to be healthy. And Lance McCullers, you hope that this is not something that's going to be recurring from him because he's had some injuries his, his last couple of years. He has, but if you were to say that Keuchel's healthy all year, McCullers is healthy all year, Colin McHugh is healthy all year, I think Astros fans would feel fantastic about that. What about the uh, re- relief pitching? Because uh, I think the bullpen on paper looks really good. My concern, and I was talking about this with Steve Sparks in our show last week, is that Giles never really was the guy that the Astros hoped he would be as far as you know how solid he was coming out of the bullpen. He was a lot of times very iffy. It was scary. It was touch and go. He blew, he blew some saves. I might be more concerned about that than the starting pitching because I feel like, you know, we have such a good uh, organization. There's a lot of good young guys. If they don't, even if they don't make a trade, those guys can somehow put together five, six innings for you and get to that bullpen with all of the arms that you have. And you add in Gustave, who I thought was real standout towards the end of the season. But Giles is my, my biggest concern because that guy, not only is he going to be important during the regular season, but we know how important those kind of guys are when you watch what happened in this World Series with guys like Raldis Chapman and, and Miller and those guys, how important he could be coming down the stretch. He really could be. And, um, you know, there's more pressure on him now than there ever was in Philadelphia. I think he had a chance to grow a little bit last year. He had to earn the closer's job which he did not do in spring training, but he did get a chance to do it later on. But now I'm not really sure where things stand. I don't know if he is the closer as the season begins because Will Harris also closed. So did Luke Gregerson. All three of them are on the team again this year. I think that's going to be one of the interesting parts about spring training. But I also think that the Astros need to get a better left-handed presence in their bullpen. Either Tony Sipp has to return to much better form than he showed last year, or they need to come up with another lefty on this club. Did you talk to Vin Scully and Dick Enberg before you decided to call it a career and said, uh, you know, thanks for uh, screwing up my last year. I was going to do this, and and everybody in baseball was going to be talking about this, and then you guys decide this is the end, and and I'm just going to retire it in silence, and nobody's going to really care outside of uh, my family and close friends and and, and the Astros fans? (laughs) No, I didn't. Um, Those two guys are in another stratosphere. They're they're nice people, and and, and certainly, you know, deserving of their Hall of Fame status. I'm not on that level, but uh, I did talk to George Grand quite a bit, and I like the way George did it in Cincinnati years ago. He just did his last game, went home. Nobody realized he had retired. And that was going to be my plan. And I conveyed that to Reed Ryan uh, along about uh, August, I guess it was. And he said, no, we can't do that. And I said, well, what are you thinking? He said, well, we need to let the fans in on it. So you need to announce it uh, maybe at the beginning of the last homestand. So that's what we did. And Reed was right. Uh, so I, I was glad that um, he called that shot for me. Was it hard, that last game, for you? Yeah, it was very hard. That's why I didn't want to do it, because I'm a wimp, and um, I didn't think I could handle the emotions. And then it got even worse when A.J. called me into his office and gave me a special bottle of wine and then took me into the clubhouse, and there was a closed-door meeting, and Altuve came over and gave me a bat autographed by the entire team. At that point, I didn't think I could call one pitch of that game, but somehow it happened, and um, and I, I really appreciate the fans' response to things this year. What 
moments stick out for you about this last year for you personally with the fans, with players? Uh, you mentioned a moment right there with the, with management, but uh, anything else that you can recall that really sticks out? Well, the fans have been just fantastic. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, it just felt like the culmination of uh, almost a you know three decade, I guess it was uh, friendship, and and those friendships only grow closer and closer, and uh, people get more and more special to you. And I, I think if you talk to to and Vince Scully has addressed this. I don't know about Dick Enberg, but but Vin Scully put it far better than I ever could have, which is the case my whole life. And that is that the, the things you miss are, are not necessarily the players. Uh, but those friendships with the fans, with the people who work in the press box, who work in the press dining room, who are in those positions as you travel around the league down through the years, uh, because they're the people you really get to know better than you get to know the players. And the, the relationship with the players, as you know, is, is pretty much a surface, you know, media to player responsibility. There are exceptions, such as the Craig Biggio exception, because, you know, we were together so long. You know, if you're there together that long, you eventually wind up getting to know each other better. But um, a lot of players these days are pretty guarded about their privacy, and I think most of us in the media respect that, and we don't try to force it. Um, but, yeah, there, there are a lot of special friendships in baseball. I mentioned Scully and Enberg. Could you imagine doing this for another 20 years? I mean, is that no. even possible? I, I don't think it's possible except for one man. <laughs> I, I think he's the only, only person God ever created who could do this. Um, and I, I just I have such enormous respect. If, if he had done that job and retired when he was 65, we'll say, he would have been just as great as he is now. But the additional years – without losing much there toward the end is just incredible that he put in. Well, I can't tell you how much, uh, as an Astro fan, it, it was a pleasure to listen to you over the years, and, and thank you for doing that. We're not going to say goodbye because I'm going to continue to see you, and we're going to continue to try to talk to you about the Astros uh, over the next few years. But uh, uh, enjoy your holidays. Enjoy the Christmas holidays. And we, we know you're not going to the warm beach. You're, 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 you've gone crazy. You've decided you're going <laughs> to spend it. In Minnesota, so yeah. you're going right into the teeth of the storm <laughs> in winter. <laughs> Some things never change, but no, it's. I think uh, I'm very excited about 2017, and uh, I'll be there. I'll see you at the games. I may be there as a fan, so I may not see you on those occasions, <laughs> but I'll be on the field every now and then, so I'll look for you, Robert. Thank you. Yeah, time. I mean, we're absolutely – I think everybody is – this is maybe the most anticipated season since, I don't know, maybe 1998, I mean, would you say? Is that fair yeah, to say? Yeah, I think it's, it's quite fair to say. And um, I, I think that uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how things play out because now, after the fans have gone through the rough times with the small payrolls, they know that with where this payroll is now and with the way this organization has built and with guys like uh, Springer coming along and developing so well and Altuve and the other guys, I think uh, the fans realize, hey, this this could be our time right now. Bill Brown, the book, book is Breathing Orange Fire. Jose Altuve, go Find it, go read it, go check it out. Thanks so much, Bill. Always good to talk to you. Thank and, you, Robert. Uh, and have a great holiday. Thank you. You too. For more interviews, subscribe to Houston Sports Talk on iTunes, or if you're an Android user, download our free Houston Sports Talk app in the Google Play Store. We're also available on Stitcher or the TuneIn app, and our website is HoustonSportsTalk.net.